All right, Bitcoin accumulation country, it's that time of the week again. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Got a great episode for you guys today. But first, word from our sponsors. If you are into 3D printing and you are into Bitcoin, or maybe you're not into Bitcoin, but you're into 3D printing, either way, you're going to want to check out CryptoCloak's 3D printing. Go to CryptoCloaks.com and they can help you for all your 3D printing needs. And new on the sponsorship roster uh, is Bitcoin resource CoinBeast. And at CoinBeast.com, you can book a one-on-one video call with a Bitcoin pro and take your game to the next level, getting some real advice from real Bitcoiners. Check them out coinbeast.com. All right. So got a great episode today with fellow Bitcoiner and pleb Randy McMillan. Without further ado, here we go. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. And joining me again is return guest and fellow Bitcoin plebe, a pleb, sorry, I don't want to offend anyone, pleb, uh, Randy McMillan. Randy, how's it going, man? Glad to have you on my show. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good this morning. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, me too, man. We've had, I I think we've had uh, quite a bit of drama in uh, in the last couple of days uh, on, uh, you know, on Bitcoin Twitter and Clubhouse and stuff like that. Um, So I I think we can just, you know, people can refer back to the other episodes I've done with you uh, on your rabbit hole story and stuff. We're just going to we're just going to dive right into the uh, the drama. Um, I I think the uh, the the first thing I'd like to start with really is this this ridiculous tweet uh, by a Dave Carf, uh, um, the uh, the thought experiment of what if you put all the Bitcoin enthusiasts on a ship and the ship sank? Okay, right, right. Um, I, I, I go for it, man. I, I mean, did did you see my like response? I was like, why not just like throw them all into uh, train cars? Yes, and, it, and he blocked my ass and whatever. And it's just like. That that comment really speaks to like some kind of underlying like sociopath shit, dude. I'm telling you, I, it's I, like, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, I I also was completely disgusted, and to me, it's it's just like subversively, uh, you know, subversively condoning, you know, mass genocide, or not only that, but cheering it on, you know, in a tongue in cheek yeah. kind of way. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, I guess throwing undesirables into like train cars was a thought experiment. It's so absurd, man. It's obscene. I, you know, the other thing is, did did you take a look at his profile? This guy's a teacher at Washington University, I think. Could, could, yeah, yeah. Can you? I mean, it spe- I mean, it just speaks to like this. I mean, you know, like I went to university and whatever, and. Like, technically, I left, but it was part of it just had to do with, like, I mean, there's just straight up, like, sociopaths and, like, communists and all kinds of shit. Like, they've basically invaded, like, the educational system. It's very subversive. That that is really scary stuff. It it truly is. And and actually, my my wife was saying that, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, you, you should have a mind to go and complain to the university. She's like, what he's advocating on Twitter is very dangerous. 
Yeah, like if like say some like kind of conservative leaning person posted something similar, like Twitter would be in an uproar, like they would be banned immediately. But since it's like some kind of like radical leftist professor, like it just nobody calls that shit out, man. It's so it's so I mean, and like, let's let's call it out. Like, I mean, is there not a double standard on like Twitter as far as like speech? And I mean, you know, I like some of the stuff Jack is doing, but at the same time, like, is he not complicit in some of this shit? Like he's the captain of the ship. It's like the, it always falls on the captain of the ship, man. And so I see some complicity there, man. I, I, I hate to call that shit out, but I just have to. It's I don't know, man. No, I agree. I mean, imagine imagine if, if one of us, you know, like if, if a Bitcoiner uh, or something, you know, or even, uh, you know, a more conservative minded person or whatever it may be, were to go and advocate uh, mass genocide. You know, over over people that use cash, you know, like that. That's just uh, as a thought experiment, right? Just as a thought experiment. Yeah, yeah. There's that like meme about how, uh, you know, how did Germany get here and all this stuff. And you know, it's kind of referencing like Nazi Germany, and then like the next picture is like everybody walking around in like masks, and then you have stuff like this, man. It's just how did how did Germany get to where it got? It's it's because people were complacent. They didn't call the shit out. Like they didn't like, it's, it's pretty scary, man. And, and this even ties into some of this other like central banking stuff where you had that like one lady talking about if there's an off ramp, people are going to use it. And like, and then you had this other guy talking about how they just want full control, like global, like digitized, like, uh, currency and they want full control over it like these people are tipping their hands and people really need to pay attention to the underlying like thought process that's going on here these people are control freaks they're sociopaths and it it, people really need to pay attention to this stuff because if it's not called out early it'll just keep going on it'll progress until you know we are looking at train cars or some shit who knows oh yeah it's a complete double standard right like you were saying before i mean that guy augusta what's his name there augustus karsten or something augustin karsten and and uh, christine lagarde those are the two people you're referring to I, i mean you know they sit there and they they demand they want absolute control but the reality is is that they can't keep their own house in order i i mean they, they literally run the biggest money laundering scheme on the planet you know, the, the, the central bank. So I, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, you know, there's, I, I forget the, I saw some art, other article where it's, you know, people are really starting to think about where they live and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I w- live where I live. I'm, I'm convinced there's going to be some kind of like possibly tax revolt or secession of States or something, because this stuff is out of control. I mean, you know, the like we see some of the European like protests, it's only a matter of time before we see the same kind of like protests in the U.S. concerning all this like power uh, grabs and stuff concerning COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and you know what? Don't get me wrong. I, I hate going on the, the COVID type of, of conversations because our, our information is just so confusing and from so many different sources. 
and everybody's just pushing their narrative. But at the end of the day, I, the only thing that I can figure out is that um, it was an opportunity that was seized upon in a very big way. And yeah. it was thrust upon us. I mean, let me let me just add a little background. Uh, over the holiday season, a cousin of mine died of COVID. Of course, he had like other health issues. And that was just kind of like the thing that kind of, you know, on top of her other existing health issues. And so I'm sensitive to the issue. I mean, it, it's affected my family and stuff. And, yep. so, and so I'm not like just some kind of like, covid denier but it's also undeniable the power grab that came behind it and so you know i just can't deny the power grab and just never let a crisis go to waste as they say exactly so, yeah yeah i so. yeah that that's exactly right you know and, and that's why you know it's just like you said I, i'm not gonna sit there i don't even waste my time with the you know with the denial or anything like that i also as well have a family member so you know my condolences i do have a family member as well that had underlying conditions that you know passed away of covid uh complications um but again i i try to stay away from that i just try to look at the you know i zoom out look at the big picture and you know it's uh you know th those three questions right uh uh, what is it? It's, uh, you know, who stands to benefit, you know, why? And I forget what the third question is. <laughs> um, right, right. But, but, but that's exactly what it is. You know, you just got to take a look and see like who stands to benefit, how much do they stand to benefit and why are they doing this? And, you know, we, we can, we can see that th this was just a, an opportunity that was absolutely used in the biggest way possible. You know, I was like listening in on like a libertarian kind of room on Clubhouse yesterday and it was some pretty high profile like libertarians in there and one of the people were like you know cuz they had had moved and then they had to like go through this whole process to reinstate their concealed carry and stuff and like their disposition was oh let's ask for our gun rights back and i was like what like you you'll you'll continue to ask for your rights for the rest of your freaking life it's like like people have to demand their rights back it's not ask anymore it's it it's just they they just keep chipping away at like just fundamental rights and 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 people I mean, I'm not trying to criticize, but at the same time, like when I heard that, I was just like, dude, we need to stop asking. Like it's, we need to demand. And it's just, so I don't know. I was frustrated with the way they kind of framed their like position on that stuff is uh, anyway, I'm kind of frustrated with some of the political kind of thought leaders per se on some of this stuff. It's they're, Sadly, they're kind of in a position of weakness, and it's kind of scary, man. It's yeah, it is. I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's again, I, I want to know um, how many times have we ever had a loss of freedom with an escalation of quote unquote security where it was reversed once the threat was quote unquote mitigated? Everything they impose. We we never get to take back that freedom that was lost from the impositions. Yeah, that was another thing we were talking about is, you know, it's what is it, 2021. I mean, 
the young people that are, you know, adults today don't know the world prior to 9-11. Like they, like some of this shit is just normal to them. And I just remember a world pre 9-11 where you didn't get freaking like, like felt up at the like airports and shit. I mean, I get like metal detectors and stuff, but they have really, that's like one of those, kind of power grabs that like they have no like inkling to relinquish they love the power grabs they love defiling people they love humiliating people and i don't know that's the way i see it is any chance they can get to just humiliate people they they go for it man because it, it keeps people under control it keeps people in fear and they, these sociopaths love that shit. I mean, I, it's, I just can't, I've tried to like, you know, game this thing out and think about it, but I'm just convinced they're sociopaths just, that just like to do it. They just like it. I mean, think about it. These bankers, they already have all the money in the world, right? Cause they're, they own the printing presses. So the only other thing to like, like go for is just power and the exertion of power over other people like it's sociopath dude oh yeah no it, it absolutely is and i i find the appropriate word i mean don't get me wrong you of course use appropriate words but i i find it um the word i always like to use is dehumanizing um because that that's what they that that's essentially what happens when you go through these different processes it's a dehumanizing process where you are made to feel like not a person Okay, and you're going through this this gauntlet of of dehumanization every single time. You know, every time you go and go to an airport or something like that, and go through these different procedures. Right, and, and okay, so to offer some contrast back to like Clubhouse and stuff like this, there's been. I mean, I've been amazed at the hope people have found too. Like they're discovering self-sovereignty and, you know, exerting their rights again and stuff like this. That's very fundamental. And so I really get a, like a, a hope shot, as they say, when I hear like people rediscovering these ideas that are very fundamental to society and, and being able to opt out of a corrupt and system that dehumanizes them and just steals from them, steals their time and effort and blood, sweat and tears. And so I just need to offer that contrast too, is there's plenty of hope that people are discovering and they're investigating ways to uh, opt out of this corrupt system. So I really, sometimes I waver in between like just frustration and despair. And then I hear like people discovering hope. And I think that's a great thing that people are, you know, selflessly giving of their time to help people uh, figure this stuff out as far as Bitcoin and just fundamental rights and stuff. So on any given day, it's an emotional roller coaster, man. I, so, yeah, I have to agree. And, and, you know, um, you know, going to your point, right. To, to offer that, that counterpoint, um, I have to say that clubhouse does offer, at least when you're sitting in some of these conversations, it does offer hope that more normies are finally starting to wake up and realize there is absolutely something wrong with your money. Like there is something you do not have to become poorer 
okay? Like, by very virtue of participating in the economic system, you know? And, and it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that people are starting to question that. Yeah, you know, there was this guy from Montana on there, and he was, you know, he had recently discovered Bitcoin and stuff, and he was trying to convince, like, a family member or loved one, and, you know, he he was in, you know, he kind of, quote, unquote, got it or is is into Bitcoin now, and but I guess his loved one just was still skeptical. And I guess the question she asked was, is like, what's wrong with the existing system? And so a person that just doesn't even recognize that something is wrong, like, I mean, it's great to advocate for Bitcoin, but at the same time, it's like, don't waste your time on people that just aren't kind of at least primed a little bit. Like they have to at least recognize that something is wrong. And that's how you frame the argument to them is, okay, you recognize that this thing is wrong. And guess what? There, there's a solution to be found in Bitcoin and, the, and then you can kind of get into some of the nitty gritty with it. But I mean, if somebody doesn't even recognize that something's wrong, like I can't, I can't waste my time with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Like that's is very, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that, um, I tweeted out yesterday, um, to somebody's, uh, somebody's original tweet. But, um, my point was, uh, you know, when the mind is shut, the learning stops and, and this is exactly it. Like, you know, this is, this goes back to the old sayings, right? You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, you know? When, when the, you know, like when the cup is full, you can't fill it up anymore. And this is exactly what happens when a person decides that they're not going to entertain this line of thinking, or they're not going to entertain a more in-depth thought about a specific topic. That is the end. That is as far as you're going to get. And at that point, um, it is entirely a waste of our energy. Like the, the, the person has to come to their own realization that, that, that's, yes. I, I find that that's the key with, with most people, if not all people. Um, there's very, well, I shouldn't say all people, because there are some people who are easily influenced because they don't strongly believe in anything or have conviction in their own, uh, in, their, in themselves, so they can easily be swayed. But for the people that do, um, you are not, like, not you personally, but it, it's yeah, very yeah. difficult to sway those people, you know? They have to see it themselves. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even some of the discussion, you know, some of the rooms in there have been pretty like, you know, crazy and argumentative and stuff. And it's just like, sadly, there's just a new wave of like hopeless, like shit coiners to you, man. And so and not only are you trying to like convince people that are sincerely interested and in asking real questions you also have this like wave of like shit coiners that are just opportunistic and they're trying to like you know hijack conversations and stuff and so that's where some of the toxicity really comes out is when you know somebody is just repeatedly like 
trying to hijack the conversation. They're trying to like frame some argument so that they can like shill their like shitcoin project and stuff. And so, I mean, just beware if you're you haven't been on Clubhouse yet. Like, definitely prepare because I mean, like Twitter can get pretty hectic at times too. But this the whole you know vocal and verbal communication really takes it up a notch. I mean, it's it's great for communication, but it, it's also amplifying the like the bad parts of what's going on too. And so it, it, it gets pretty hairy in there. So beware if you haven't been on there yet. And actually that meant like, that's a good thing to mention is there actually is a, um, I think it's called house club on GitHub. And so you can kind of sideload a, uh, a clubhouse app onto Android. So maybe that's important to mention too, that if you're on Android, you can still get on clubhouse. So. Oh man, we got to put a link to that in the show notes uh, because I don't know if you can give me the link to that after because I think a lot of people are really going to appreciate that. I think last night I started a Bitcoin plead chat room and um, we we had actually two or three people um, that were in the room uh, that were on Android. So I was like, nice, this is great. More people to join the conversation. Right? Yeah. I. It's it's a, It's a pretty cool thing. I haven't looked too closely at it, but... I mean, some, I, who knows, they'll probably just merge it into like, and make it like an official repository or something for clubhouse, but it's by an independent like developer that kind of, you know, whipped it up himself, but it's functional. So people are, they should just kind of merge or like make it like an official repository and start building on top of it for Android or something. Who knows? So one thing, uh, going back to this whole clubhouse thing, one thing that's really nice that I'm noticing is this, is that we have these really great resources now that we didn't have back in the day. So when people are asking these basic questions, we can actually point them to good websites that have accurate information and a lot of it, you know, whereas at least for me anyways, back in 2017, it, uh, it was a little bit more difficult. It was a little bit more scattered. Yeah. I think a great one is Bitcoin dash intro, I believe Bitcoin dash dash intro.com, I believe. So I just like the name that one specifically because plenty of people, uh, point people to that particular website. And then obviously Bitcoin.org itself. There's a, yeah, there's a wealth of information on there. So it's, it's well, strange. Some people forget to just re like, remember, Hey, there's Bitcoin.org. I know there's some political stuff behind that, but the information is, you know, scrutinized and everything. So I think it's still a good resource. Cool. Yeah. Now we're going to shill some of the, uh, the fun stuff at, uh, towards the end. All the, all the, all the websites we can think of. Um, but I actually, uh, if it was okay with you, I, I kind of wanted to switch the conversation a little bit to, uh, it, what happened with, uh, Shamat, uh, this week and how he essentially got completely ratioed by a quote unquote old poor Bitcoiner that lives in his mommy's basement. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So he tried to he he tried to bully he tried to bully fellow Bitcoiner Surfer Jim, who's you know super cool dude really like down to earth. I've had so many conversations with him. He's always on Bitcoin Kindergarten. He's always willing to learn and explain things. And Shamat just you know this is like some quote unquote billionaire right that 
right away got immediately defensive, immediately got insecure, and dropped right down into the money flex. It was really cringe. What what are your what are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> you know the <laughs> the the bull market has a tendency to bring out some shit in people, and so I think it's just a symptom of the overall bull market and personalities get crazy and all this stuff. And so sadly, you know, I, you know, we all have our like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, personality issues or whatever, but uh, in, in a bull market, it, it has a tendency to bring some of this stuff out in people. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. I, you know, we can even maybe take it back to like, you know, part of Satoshi's practice of anonymity has to do with, you know, well, one definition of anonymously is promptly and without distinction. And that has to do with like, you know, one person isn't hoisted above another person. You know, and in in Bitcoin world, you know, you're just your identity is your private keys, and you know, yeah, sure, it stores different like types, you know, amounts of value, but at the basic level, everybody is the same and operating under the same rules, and you know, all this stuff, and so sadly, the human element comes into that, and some people think that they're somehow hoisted above everybody else because their you know fiat value allows them to acquire more bitcoin than somebody else but we all operate under the same rules and and that's part of the beauty of bitcoin is you know i forget the terminology but it's like a one-time cantillion effect for some of these people and you know but they're opting into a system that you know everybody gets to play by the same rules. And so that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, so yeah, it's like one time Cantillion effect, I guess is the term. Yeah. It's the, uh, well, it's, it's the equalizer, right? You know, like, so for now, you know, for, for now he's uh, you know, quote unquote fiat billionaire. But the reality is, is that he doesn't even hold, he doesn't even hold that much Bitcoin and the majority of it is GBTC. So he's sitting there talking about OGs and wannabes. And in the meantime, he's, he's, He's holding fucking paper Bitcoin. So, you know, he he, he can go fucking pound sand. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of something I've, I've been kind of thinking about listening to these conversations is it's like there's so many options that people forget to just buy and hold. Like you don't have to like do some kind of crazy fucking maneuver, man. Just buy and hold. And, you know, it's great. You know, you hear like different personalities and egos kind of flexing and all this stuff. And they want to talk about like their maneuvers and stuff. But it's like, sadly, there's so many different options. People are forgetting to just buy hold put that shit on some cold storage and just live your life and live good and you know i don't know i I, that's just one of my observations is people really want to talk about all these complex things and they fail to just emphasize like you can always just buy and hold like in some cold storage you don't have to like get into all this crazy shit no, that you know what? That is an excellent point. And quite often when I see these types of cringy situations, 
um, it, it makes me want to just disappear. You know, it it makes me it 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 makes me want to just not participate in the you know in in the uh, the Twitter circus and you know the clubhouse circus and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, usually when some of these uh, conversations on Clubhouse start degrading into shit coinery or f- ego flexing or whatever, it's I kind of like take a break and either log out or switch to another room because I just it kind of it's starting to affect me like that. It's just that negative energy, and that yeah. gets back to the that gets back to the whole verbal thing. Is like it's not just text anymore, and so the the verbal thing really affects me more than just reading some text on a Twitter feed or something. So I have to really watch that and kind of buffer myself from some of the energy that goes on in there. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, you know that can be absolutely draining. You know it's uh, it it really is. And and don't get me wrong, I know that you know people get pissed off about Bitcoin or toxicity and stuff like that. But but you know trying to steer people away from scams, stopping them, you know, trying to stop them from you know losing their hard earned money, you know that they are attempting to build better lives for themselves and their family with, like. I don't really consider that a problem, but what I do think is toxic is those people that come in and try to spin the narratives, um, you know, spin the narratives for the, you know, the security theater and the concern theater and, and all that stuff. And, you know, just it, it I, I find that that gets very tiring, you know, and, and it, I you don't know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You know, the, the shit coin narrative is coming to an end. I mean, maybe it we is. can bring up that shirt bit stuff. It's uh, like, oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're like fixing and they're working out the whole like quote unquote DeFi stuff on Bitcoin and this kind of stuff. And so the shit coin narratives are coming to an end. And, and, you know, that's like been always, you know, you hear it over and over again about the whole like, oh, Bitcoin isn't Turing complete and all this stuff. And, you know, I always argue like it's not supposed to be. But that's with right. This work being done over at Shared Bits, man, like they like I just my hats off to them. Like they're they're killing the Ethereum narrative every, like with their work over there, man. So hats off to Shared Bits. I guess it's sharedbits.com slash blog. You can read some of their stuff and it's exciting work that they're doing over there. So yeah, it really is. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes and we are talking about Nadav Cohen and uh, Ben, the car man shout out to those guys. They are totally destroying it. Everybody sat there in their little shitcoin camps, pretending that smart contracts, Oh, Bitcoin can't do smart contracts. It just, it can't do it. You know, it can't do what Ethereum does. Well, guess what? It's going to not only does it do what Ethereum does, but it's going to do it with the most valuable base layer known to man. So fuck your shit coins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, it really is. So um, what we're talking about, though, specifically, okay, is that on March 11th, 2021, um, Ben and Adav entered into a discrete log contract on the Bitcoin blockchain using a multi-Oracle DLC. The Oracle used were Bitfinex, uh, Pierre Rochard joined in on this, and Sherbits, okay? So this is really huge, and um, I'm seeing a product that is going to be leveraging DLC. I did sign up um, for the beta. I don't know if I will get chosen, um, but I hope I do. 
Um, it's called Atomic.Finance, and it is essentially uh, leveraging DL the DLC technology um, to, quote-unquote, provide yield on Bitcoin. So I'm curious, I'm always skeptical, but I'm curious, and I want to know more. You know, and, and it's important to recognize that this work, you know, especially with the people that are involved, Bitfinex, Pierre Richard, Shared Bits, I mean, any kind of code and this kind of stuff that's going to be written and it's going to be more scrutinized than just some like weird like yam token or whatever on like Ethereum. Like this, you know, there's some big important people that... uh you know, they have to protect their own like names and reputations. So anything they, you know, execute or promote is, I guarantee, I suspect it's going to be well scrutinized. So, you, I mean, I think even today there was some kind of weird thing with Binance where some freaking turtle token or something like rug pulled a bunch of shit. It's like, I just don't see that happening with anything that's related to Bitcoin because people are going to, protect their own reputations and they're not i you know it's just more scrutinized you you don't have some random like you know deploying some script and token and you know i mean that's another thing too i mean like one of the other things is with these uh DeFi things like it's been pretty well documented that they have like super user like access to these contracts and stuff and so basically they could rug pull them anytime like who and they wants do to be in yeah who wants to be involved in any of that shit man it's like i'm just confident that the the stuff that is built on top of this you know the dlc stuff is going to be well scrutinized and they're not going to allow some bullshit like that so no of course not and, uh, and actually, I just want to add to what you're saying, because I tweeted about that this morning, so that it, it's the Turtle Dex, okay, that's built on the, the Binance, uh, the BSC token. Okay, and uh, essentially, uh, it's, what was it, $2.5 million got rug pulled, okay? So Binance Smart, uh, Binance Smart Chain Project Turtle Dex pulls the rug on its users and steals $2.5 million. So there you go. BSC really could replace ETH because yeah. it's doing the same thing. Hey, look, I've created a platform and now you can lose your money on it. It's basic shit coin. That's what BSC stands for. So I think uh, CZ tweeted out like something about that. So that's my response. Basic shit coin. That's what BSC stands for. It really, it does. It is. It's a total basic shit coin. I love it. Um, I know, totally love that acronym. I mean, I don't I don't think CZ comes to the United States very often. And I I think there's probably a reason for that because some of the stuff that he's that he's kind of facilitating it it really could be viewed as illegal in the United States and that's why they can't operate. Like they have the Binance US that is kind of like a derivative Binance product, but the regular Binance there's a reason why I mean, you know, it, there's always kind of like that double-edged sword with regulatory shit, but it, like, I'm convinced that like, like some of this shit is really illegal. And oh yeah, me too. It's like, whoa, like anyway, that's kind of scary stuff, but I'm, you know, back to the whole, you know, the, the stuff built on Bitcoin should be scrutinized and, you know, well-tested. And so I'm 
I think that it's going to be, you know, and that was the other, like one of the other topics the other day is, you know, people get impatient, they get frustrated and they, that, that kind of lends them to buying into some of these marketing narratives of these like shit coins is because it's, they just get frustrated that maybe Bitcoin isn't there yet or whatever. And it's like, guess what? It's going to be slower because it's going to be tested and scrutinized and it's going to be legit. And so people just want to participate in some of this other stuff because they get, you know, frustrated and like they lack patience on building shit correctly. So I, I think it's also, I, I agree with all those points. I also think it's a bit of an ego problem because, you know, when you work in Bitcoin, you are contributing to Bitcoin. When you go off and start your own little shitcoin project, it's because you really want it to be about you. So, yes. you know, like to me, that that's my impression. So I, I kind of think that a lot of these shit coiners are, um, you know, I'm talking about the guys that run these projects and that go to these projects. It's, it's really about them. Um, and essentially, you know, how they want to be the leader of the show. Um, not realizing that it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like being, um, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know. It, it, you know, here's here's one way to put it. Yeah. Is most, most of these tokens are failed startups. And then somebody gets the bright idea like, oh, we can we can somehow issue a token and use blockchain technology. And and it's really a, just a way for people to kind of like finance some kind of like ill freaking conceived startup idea. Like I'm convinced that that's the basic idea is they can't you know attract vc money for like legitimate ideas and so they just kind of like default to issuing some kind of token to kind of like get a payday and unfortunately it's very uh you know exploitive and they're exploiting the uh the average like person that's kind of into this stuff it's sad well it's it's very unethical, and and I really think some of these people are going to reap the benefits of like hurting people. Like I mean, I I know it's a little maybe weird, but I I still believe in you know that karmic kind of idea. And so when you hurt people, I'm convinced it comes back. So I I totally agree, a hundred percent. I'm also a firm believer in karma, and actually this kind of makes me think of um. There's a there's a a shitcoin company that um, my the company that I work for we uh, we interface with their their API okay civics the identity token um, right so right. but as you could imagine right the company I work for has never had to purchase any of the civics token in order to use the technology um, customers that would use the ID the identity technology uh, from them never have to purchase the token either so obviously we can clearly see that the token is fucking useless, right? And and just to and just to add, we've had this integration for over two years now, and you'll never guess how many customers are actually are asking for it. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. The the number is between zero and one. <laughs> right. So yeah, and sadly, like I'm, and I'm not even going to mention the name, but there's there's other like quote unquote like identity on the blockchain projects going around and 
It's just, you know, like I've argued the point that basic, and this even gets back to like Hal Finney and stuff, like Hal Finney helped like create PGP and all this stuff in the early days and whatever. And and that's the technology as far as like identity and, and web of trust. And sadly, people just aren't aware of just regular like PGP, you know, public private key signatures and stuff. And and this even gets into some of that like f deep fake stuff. It, I'm convinced that more and more publishers are going to have to like start digitally signing their content because, you know, you, we saw that like Tom Cruise thing and whatever. And obviously everybody knows it's fake. But what happens when there's some weird like political thing that is really hard to distinguish? Like, I really hope some of these politicians start digitally signing their content. And so when something weird pops up that isn't signed, people will de start to default to this must be fake until proven otherwise. Be I really think that that's where we need to go with digital content creation is start using PGP, start signing your, your content so that when some weird thing happens, and I would emphasize this to politicians and public fig figure figures, like start signing your content so that some when some weird deep fake or some shit comes out, people are gonna be already acclimated to looking for the signature. They're gonna know how to like verify signatures. I mean, you know, I think people more and more learn how to verify like the, uh, the binary distributions of Bitcoin core and this kind of stuff. And so the idea is already out there, but I think people need to start signing their digital content so that these deep fake things don't grab hold too quickly and people are more acclimated to looking for digital signatures and that's you don't need a blockchain for that shit thank you it, it, you just need you just need education you just need people to you know that's maybe that's another cool project for like mac users is the gpg suite if you are interested in learning more check out gpg suite and they have a, you know, it'll, it really eases the process of creating a uh, signature. And they also have a plugin for your mail application. So you could even start learning how to uh, sign emails and stuff for important, maybe business documents and this kind of stuff. So definitely look into that because it's going to be, it's going to come to a head and, it'll be good that people are familiar with that kind of stuff beforehand. So, so just to, just to summarize for, for some of the listeners. Okay. Um, you don't need a shit coin to digit to, to sign, to digitally sign your work or to digitally enforce your identity. Okay. And this is very important. So th this is how people begin to dismantle these shit coin use cases. When they, when they realize, yes. you know, like when, when you take a look at the technology, does this need to be money? No, it doesn't. Can I pay for this service with something else? Yes, I can. <laughs> so, and guess what? PGP is free. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's free. <laughs> you know, okay. So here's the other. And so, you know, back to like killing shitcoin narratives. 
you know, that was the other cool thing that was recently going on on Clubhouse was the uh, LNTX bot. And yes. So, yes, yes, yeah. And, you know, props to uh, D++. She, she's a great moderator. Definitely look her up on Twitter. Give her a follow because she has she brings a good energy to the to uh, the yep. discussion. And so props to her. And but uh, back to this like LNTX bot. And so that's like a integration of lightning with uh, Telegram. And I, I just, you know, there was a lot of discussion, but, and I, I guess I was trying to be maybe a captain obvious or whatever, but I was like, dude, this is second layer integration into an existing website that people are already familiar with. Like that is the shitcoin killer right there. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, people were literally um, transacting like one Satoshi. They were kind of like, you know, pu pushing around like one Satoshi or a hundred Satoshis. Obviously, like free, there was no fees on this thing. And people were getting familiar with something that with, so I think that's exciting. And I just really need to emphasize, like, that was a demonstration of how second layer technology like Lightning can be integrated into existing platforms. It's, I just, it's hard to believe that it's not already, like, more prevalent. I mean, why, why isn't Twitter, Twitter already doing this? It's, like, so ridiculous we we could be transacting in lightning on twitter right now all it takes is the will of people like jack to do it it's so sad that it's like people are dragging their feet on this shit and then you know some kind of quasi anonymous developer pushes out this plugin for you know telegram to you know integrate lightning and people are so it's a great educational tool. It, it's not just some weird talking point. It's that was a demonstration of how second layer solutions can be integrated into existing, you know, familiar websites and services. And so it's exciting. It kills another shitcoin narrative as far as like transaction speeds and fees like you were seeing instantaneous transactions with zero fees like that kills half of the fucking shitcoin narratives sorry for the up bomb no not man come on not at all this is a uh, this is an anything goes podcast it's always marked as explicit you can <laughs> okay oh yeah you can f-bomb all you want but look you're absolutely right okay the bitcoin base layer is what kills fiat and then lightning takes care of all the other circus you know all the other circus tricks and jokes that the shitcoiners pretend need their shitcoin to do you know right that, that that's right. really it yeah, so between the uh, the street log contracts, we got these lightning bots for Telegram, and I imagine it'll be easily ported to other, uh, you know, it would be cool to see that on uh, Mastodon and this kind of stuff. Just, I, I imagine it oh. couldn't be too difficult to port that shit over. And so we're, we're killing the shitcoin narrative. Like 2021 is the year in which like 99% of shitcoin narratives get destroyed. And I'm excited about that. Oh, wait, I just want to add to what you're saying. Um, there's also that guy, um, Amperture, 
Okay, who's doing the? Uh, he he has built a lightning integration um, so that you can integrate lightning into Twitch to get paid for for streaming. Really, I haven't seen that one. Yep, yep. It's I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like it's still the it's still the beginning. He's already done proof of concept. It does work. So and he's made that completely open source so that people can build on it. Dude, awesome. Definitely. I'll be looking for that link. I mean, and then, you yeah, know, man. I'm I'm glad people are, you know, we were to probably talking about this for months and months, but uh, people are finally starting to uh, discover the Sphinx chat. And, you know, one of the things, you know, in the clubhouse discussions was why aren't people like adopting this? And my point is, is that all it's going to take is one pop, like, figure like pop musician whatever to get deplatformed because they say something like off color or something accidentally and they're going to discover some of these new solutions and that's that's going to be the catalyst where people start discovering stuff and so just thank you know god or whoever that uh there's forward-looking people that are like building this stuff out so that when it really comes to a head that it's already in place and you know some of these catalyzing events and banking and you know speech suppression i'm you know i'm just glad people are working on this stuff to put it in place so that when it really comes to a head it's already up and running like i'm just a fan of like i i know there's different discussions on it but i'm just a fan of like you know building your own get umbral node even if you're not going to use it like for you know you can still use it for like a block explorer you know maybe you don't need it for some kind of like home business store or whatever but it's it, I I'm a big fan of putting things in place so that when something does happen, you're already like prepared, like back to the boy scout motto, like be prepared, get familiar with shit. This is the window in which people need to get familiar with this stuff because I just don't, I, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be like too negative, but with some of the narrative that's going on, man, I, I, I'm convinced there's a battle ahead. You know, it'll be a legal battle, a battle on public platforms through speech and obviously debanking of, you know, wrong speak. <laughs> like it's just going to take a couple more high profile people to get debanked and people are going to really start looking for these solutions. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. You know, as you were talking, it just made me think of this, okay? While governments and central banks are making themselves irrelevant, okay, with all of these, these stupid laws and all of these kind of gatekeeping measures that they're trying to do, the smart corporations are positioning themselves to actually own the future. Yes. You know? Yes. They really are. So. Yeah. I, what is that? The hope.com or whatever Michael Saylor has a... Uh, an educational platform yeah you know that's right and, and so yeah you know you know my angle on that is you know he's he's a business businessman making prudent business decisions but I think it's really awesome that he's using his reach to uh, build some educational platforms so he's contributing you know even though it's self-interest you know Bitcoin leverages self-interest it does. I mean, it, but but it, it creates a positive feedback loop. Yes. 
when and when people uh you know they experience some good gains and they they're feeling good and i think it's 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 a beautiful thing that they're compelled to uh con- obviously like not forced to but they they're inspired to contribute back and so that's a it's a beautiful thing so i man i, I completely agree Randy, do you have a, I, th- this has been a crazy rip. I, I mean, time just flew. I, I just want to know, cause we're going to wrap it up, but, um, I'm super sorry. Cause I have another recording, but, yeah, uh, yeah, man. but man, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts for the listeners? Yeah. Just check out a uh, Bitcoin org, Bitcoin axe. I don't know what it is. IO or something. Then uh, Bitcoin dev list check some of that stuff out. I mean, I have my own focus. I've had like a little bit of a rough start this year. Um, besides like the cousin thing that I had mentioned earlier, like my dad died and then oh like my literally, God. then like literally last week I got my appendix out. So Jeez. I've had a, yeah, yeah. I've had a little bit of a rough start this, this year, but, uh, I'm kind of feeling a lot better and I'm just looking forward to getting ramped up and focusing on some, uh, my stuff with the uh, visual accessibility for the visually impaired stuff with uh, Bitcoin and, you know, uh, maybe a small report on that is, you know, an anonymous Bitcoiner like donated a Braille monitor, which was like $7,000. And so that was a pretty expensive piece of hardware that I'm grateful that somebody donated. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like cool projects like uh, Cold Core, which is a command line integration with Cold Card. And so I'm kind of just still preliminary looking at how to build an accessibility platform for the visually impaired so that they can experience a degree of sovereignty that um, regular users can experience and so that it's a tough it's a tough uh ambitious goal but that's like gonna be my focus this year is to uh see if we can figure out how to uh allow visually impaired to experience and interact with like the cold card it, that's my like choice right now i really like the uh cold card and then this like um cold core integration with like a braille monitor is how it's starting to look and so that's going to be my focus this year is to see if we can bridge some of this stuff together for the visually impaired so i'm inspired and i'm grateful and uh, i'm hopeful that we can find some solutions for visually impaired that is absolutely awesome man it, it really is. And again, you know, nothing worth doing is easy. So, you know, it, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of really happy, grateful people, um, you know, when that, uh, when that comes out. So I, you know, I wish you the best of luck with that. Yeah. And one quick note on that is sure. if you're interested in contributing to any Bitcoin development, just the easiest way that I have found besides just like locating their like some kind of Bitcoin address or whatever for them on like Bitcoin dev list is to just start a GitHub account and then you can get access to a dashboard 
and you can like make commitments of a dollar a month or different kind of intervals. So if you're interested in supporting any Bitcoin development, uh, just start a GitHub account and look into some of the uh, sponsorship functionality. There's a lot of great work. You can, you know, you can support all kinds of Bitcoin development and maybe some of your favorite projects like BTC Pay Server and this kind of stuff. So that's the easiest on-ramp to support Bitcoin development is just start a GitHub account and fish around. Awesome. Awesome, man. So look, Randy, always great to have you on. Great to chat. And man, I look forward to our next one. Cool, man. Thank you for joining. Thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed another awesome chat with fellow Bitcoiner and pleb, Randy McMillan. His uh, Twitter details will be in the show notes. And of course, if you want to reach me, Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. And if you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time. 